You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, we do a podcast. It's a Wednesday. What the hell? Why not do another 15 minutes? Al Dukes, what is up? You've already done uh, over five hours, so this will be more than uh, Carton and Roberts. Uh, how about that? For you today, because you do this podcast also, Jerry. It's a beautiful day. It's the last day to get out early, because then the rain comes in in the afternoon. Is it going to be it nice today? Cold. No, it's going to, no. afternoon, Early afternoon, shut it down. Rain. Got it. Then rain again tomorrow, rain again the next day, then the coolness. So this is it. This is your last time. Although we thought we had our last time a couple weeks ago, yet here we were. That's right. We got a nice um, big summer blast in the fall, which I got to tell you has been tremendous. Yes, it is very nice. It's nice in November when you can enjoy the outdoors, Jerry, especially in this new normal coronavirus. And you know what it does too, Al? It extends, I shouldn't say extends, it shortens what could be a horrendous winter. Right. Because if we get a blast in January, so be it. We're supposed to. I don't need it in November. You're supposed to get a blast. You remember back, I want to say, seven, eight years ago, I remember I did a Columbia football game with Sal, and it snowed in October. Like, I mean, it was a blizzard. And the next day, it was sunny and 55 degrees. Yeah, that happens sometimes. You get blizzards. You get nice, beautiful weather. It's very strange. Bizarre. Very strange, Jerry. All right, what do I have for you today? Uh, I have you a couple me. items. Yeah. I have a uh, an Instagram model. You Oh, in your place right now? What's uh, her no. name? No, no, no. This is on the internet. This oh. is on my computer screen. She claims she's too hot. So Tinder banned her because they thought she was a fake. She's so hot, Jerry, that Tinder thinks she's not a real person and she's there catfishing people. What would her name be? Let's see. Her name is Luna Benna. B-E-N- N A two N's, Luna okay. one N in Luna. Luna Benna. She's twenty one. She's got one point two million followers. She lives in Florida and she joined Tinder. Is this the girl who makes the money for the whispering? A whispering girl, you think? One of yeah. those? I don't know. Maybe not. There was I a mean, story in the make... New York Post today. Yeah. About a girl that makes a lot of money whispering. Bob, look at that tattoo on her thigh. Holy moly. Yeah, there are people who make a lot of money whispering now. Do it. I don't understand. Why? Like people find it um, 
they enjoy listening to women speak softly, I suppose. Okay. Wow, this girl's very racy on her uh on her Instagram. I got to tell um, you. She 100% she's attractive, but I her claim is a little out there. What is her claim? You told me oh, that, that she was too she attractive was... for Tinder. Well, she's not claiming that. She says that's what Tinder told her, that she was too hot for Tinder, that they thought she was fake. They thought someone, you know, I've watched this catfish show on MTV uh, for many years. Uh, a lot of times what happens is people will grab a model's photos. It works for both men and women. Sure. They grab a model's photos and then they use those pictures as, as their Tinder. And I understand that. But at the same time, there are plenty of attractive females. There are. But I guess they just thought, Tinder thought, well, a woman on Instagram with 1.2 million followers would just get grab a date with one of those those fellas. That's as fair. As opposed to going on Tinder. All right. Catfishing people. I could see that. So too hot. She's just too hot for Tinder, Jerry. Is that why that you're off Tinder? To, too hot? <laughs> well, that happened to me years ago when I was on Match.com. They're like, you're too hot. Uh, we don't even <laughs> trust that this is a real person. Right. What so gave it away? The baldness? <laughs> They go, a man this hot can't possibly be looking for dates. Was it the stilts for legs? <laughs> pencil thin legs. Your pencil thin legs are so hot, this can't possibly be real. It uh, must be a fake. That is too funny. We talked at the very end of the show about these uh, these movies that would come on Showtime yeah. or Cinemax late at night on the weekends when we had cable in the 80s, uh, maybe even into the 90s. Did you stay up and watch those? Um, stay up and watch them, no, because I didn't have a TV in my room. Yeah. Until I was, I don't think I had a TV in my room until I was probably in, I guess, I, I, I had to at least be mid-high school somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, if friends would be over and we slept downstairs, yes, 100%, we would always check. See, we had a TV room downstairs, and then all the bedrooms were upstairs. So when once everyone went to sleep on like a Saturday night or Friday night, you know, I could watch one of these films. Sure, sure. And hope for the best, but. Yeah, I, but we never did, like, I never slept downstairs or yeah. did anything like that. I don't, for no reason. But then again, my kids don't do it in our house now either. Yeah, it was called, there was a, there were, there were ones I brought up on the show, Lady Chatterley's Lover. This was like a series, Lady Chatterley. It's amazing to me that you remember that. And I'm telling you, the one I really remember was one called Tendre's Cousins. It was a French film. And uh, it was this young man who had experienced cousins, I guess, that helped him uh, explore his man manliness. All right. <laughs> I don't I, I remember yeah, that I one had a lot one. of nudity. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Like that was one where it was like, oh my gosh, I hope they show Tendre's Cousins tonight. Tendra, I don't even. I and that had to have been when you're talking late '80s, probably uh, mid '80s, probably mid '80s, mid '80s. Yeah, yeah, I bet you like '83. 80, I'm gonna Google right now. <laughs> Tendra's cousins. See, I remember '83. I was nine years old. It's gonna be in my Google history now. 1980. This came out. Tendra's cousins. Okay. A French film directed. Let's see. Uh, the story begins uh, in. It was set in 1939. Oh gosh, <laughs> 1939 sex, huh? Yeah, it was an R rating in the United States. I bet you they didn't have sex chairs back in 1939. No. Hmm. 
What was it called? Ten, what is it? Tenderlies? Tendres. T-E-N-D-R-E-S. Cousins. Tendres Cousins. French film. Let's see. He's in love with his cousin. Oh, sick. He's in love with his cousin? Yeah. Dude. And he's only 15 in this film, which is very strange that they would allow this. My, my. All right. Well, very interesting. It, it grossed to t- $10 million at the box office. Which might have been a lot of money back then. Yeah. In 1980. Or what did you say? 82, 83? What was it? 1980. 80. Straight up 1980. So I was so six. I was, I was not watching I was, this. Uh, I was 11. Now, someone, now this can't be right, though, because someone, has, they, they've posted like full episodes on, on YouTube. They got to cut that stuff out, though, don't they? You know, you can find things on YouTube. Really? That get past the censors. No kidding. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, you have to, there's sometimes when you'll see things that'll say this, you have to uh, verify you're an adult or something. Yeah, it's weird. They don't show like full pornography, but you can find like a Tendre's Cousins on there probably. You know, I have it on right now. You have Tendre's Cousins? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure what I'm watching, but yes. (laughs) But it was set in the 1930s. It looks like it. There were a whole bunch back then. Like those, the only ones I can remember is Lady Chatterley's Lover and Tendra's Cousins. The other ones I don't even really remember. There was one called uh, The Tudor. That was more of a mainstream film. But okay. It was, it what was you, still, same time frame? Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, because I don't remember the that Tudor. one either. Okay. The Tudor. I just want to see the, when The Tudor came out. Do, 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 do. Uh, the Tudor, IMDb, 1983. Same time frame. What a golden era for... Softcore porn on cable. <laughs> Words I didn't think I'd ever hear spoken. Uh, oh, yes, Jerry. It was the golden uh, the age. St- the storyline a ballet dancer turned teaching assistant is asked by a single parent to home tutor for his five year old son. And then I guess they fall in love or lust. <laughs> you think? Right? They might fall in lust. <laughs> that we- and that weird movie that G was talking about. Where Keanu Reeves ends up buried with his head sticking out of the yeah. <laughs> out of the ground. That sounds nuts. Hmm. Did you watch that too on Netflix? I did not see that. No, I've, I've, I'm not going to watch that. Going to maybe mark that down for Friday night after Gina falls asleep. Friday night. <laughs> after I fall asleep, she finds stuff to watch. Yeah, but then again, you're up early and she sleeps exactly. late Saturday. Thank you. Right. Do, 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 I tell you do, one do, thing. Do, this past weekend, we had a tournament in uh, near Trenton. We played yeah. baseball. And we got the early draw on Saturday at 9 a.m., which meant we had to leave the house at 7 to get mm-hmm. there for like 8-ish. I got to tell you, I really look forward to Fridays now. Not for the work. The work to me is a blast. I don't, I, I've always told you, to, we're, we're not working. But it's the waking up and it's the commitment to be where you have to be at 4 a.m. Right. That's become, it's become tough, like getting up at 2.30 every day. And so like, I really look forward to Friday for the normal night's sleep. And I'm not staying up usually on a Friday night past uh, honestly, 10, 1030. And then I will set my alarm for 630. And then I know I've got a solid two or three hours where everybody in the house is sleeping to yes. where I can either a exercise downstairs, B do bills or whatever stuff I have. I'm, you know, the cornhole league I have, there's a lot of work to do with that, but it's peaceful. And I get so much done in that two to three hours. And this weekend we got the 9am draw on Saturday. So there was none of that because I got yeah, six thirty. Yeah. And then, because of the way the draw fell, we had to play again at 9 a.m. Sunday. So, like, I almost feel like I didn't have a weekend. Because, again, to me, this isn't work. The weekend, to me, are the two nights of sleep. It's not being off. I would work every day 
if I wasn't getting up, well, I wouldn't. I'm not going to say that. But you get my point. Yes. Like, I don't mind, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. No, it's, oh, I got to get up tomorrow. Right. And so I feel like I lost my weekend, you know, a few days ago. It's just weird. Like, I can't wait to get to Friday now. Not to say I'm, I want to rush the week, but. What about this? The next Saturday you have in the morning when you get up early, watch Tendre's cousin. <laughs> I'm coffee. not going to do that. I'm not interested. I'm sorry. Here's another odd story, Jerry. There's a woman, a Connecticut woman, has become a TikTok sensation because she has a very large mouth, potentially the world's largest mouth. She's 30 years old. Come on. She has more than 767,000 followers. What's her name now? This woman's name is, uh, what is her name? Samantha? By the way, if we had a girl, I wanted that to be... Uh, that's a beautiful daughter's name. name. I love Sa- that name. Samantha Ramsdell. R-A-M-S. Right wow. Oh, She's I 30 see. years old. She has a large mouth. She re- Well. She said, I started growing a popularity over lockdown. I'd make a lot of funny face videos, comedy skits, and singing parodies. Is she that... used to be uh, very insecure about her large mouth. What's really interesting, though, is looking at the photos. Yeah. She really doesn't. It's there are certain things she does that make her look that way. Yeah. Most of these photos, normal. But mm. then some of them, yeah, I could see I could see it. But th- I don't think that's really the case. I think she just makes herself look that way. Let me see her on Instagram, Jerry. It is uh, interesting that you... Yeah, you're right. Some of these photos, she looks normal. Very when normal. She, I think when she really relaxes her mouth, she looks like she's got a large mouth. But yeah. she's into it now. She's she's taking something like that, and she's now being the large mouth woman. Is she making a lot of money? I don't know. She has thirty six thousand uh, Instagram followers, which is not not huge. But one of her clips has, has uh, seven point four million views. One of her whoa. One of her. Inst- how much money do you make TikToks. on that? I don't know. I don't know how people make money on these TikTok. Things. Because I read. So that baby shark thing, we talked about this last week. Remember, it was oh, like yeah, the last shark. thing before me, 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 me. Boomer and Geo came on. So that's the most downloaded music video now on YouTube, or at least most viewed. And it's past um, Despacita. Is that the name of the song? Yes. Uh, it passed it for the all-time most views slash downloads, whatever, on, on on YouTube. And I forgot what the number was. It was something like, you 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 were you almost nailed it. Was it 7 billion? Yeah. Or was it one? Maybe it was 1 billion. Whatever it was, it was a huge number. And then the article at the end went on to say that they've really cashed in on it, that they've made over $5 million on YouTube ads. And I'm thinking, that's it? Yeah. It was because literally the views were in the billions. I forget what number it was, but it was in the billions. And I would have thought, you know, maybe they made $20 million, $30 million, $5 million bucks. So this Not a great with, ratio. Uh, yeah, this one with the large mouth says, TikTok pays their top creators based on how many views, and it's about 0.3 cents per 1,000 views. 0.3? Yeah, not even a one cent per 1,000 views. It doesn't sound like a lot, but some of my top videos have over 50 million views, so if you do the math, it ain't too shabby for eating Subway sandwiches on camera, she says. 0.3. So let's do 0.3 Can we do the math on that? times... But that's only a penny, though. So, the, how, so yeah. I don't even know how to do the math on this. So you do, Aren't we stupid? Yes. Well, that's... I, well, like, yes. I wouldn't even know where to begin to do the math All right, math so let's say, how about this? Million views... Divided by a penny. Okay. Okay, let's do that first. We do that, so it's 0.01. 
Actually, it would be times a penny, you moron. God, we are stupid. I know. I, I'm, there's no way I could figure this out. Times 0.01. So that would be $10,000, and you got to take a third of that. Is a, is a, so for a million views, you'd make three grand. Right. That doesn't seem That like doesn't it. seem like much. No, I agree. Feels like it should be much more. Yes, for a million views? I'm happy when we do a video and it gets 20,000 views. Right. What do they give for you? Is that a postage stamp? <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot, I guess. Matter of fact, the stamp's 50 cents now. You're probably not even getting that. No. Actually. Crazy. So she can't, can she quit her job being the big mouth woman? Samantha Ramsdell, the big mouth woman? Uh, I suppose she can. There's one picture on her Instagram where she looks quite attractive. That's what I said. And she doesn't look like. was strange. And she doesn't look like big mouth girl. Very weird. Very weird. Yeah. So. Go figure, Jerry. Go figure, Al. Go figure. All right, Jerry, let's. uh, That's it. We're done? Yeah. Why don't we do the warm-up show? We did that. It was pretty, pretty good this morning. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow on a Thursday. Uh, Boomer is back tomorrow. Boomer's back. And uh, we'll be back at 5 a.m. with the warm-up show, which is right now. Sure! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. No guests. No calls. And no real content. All right, here we go. What do you say we do it on a Wednesday morning? It's a few minutes after 5 o'clock in New York City. Very quiet today driving in. And I'm sure it's very quiet aside from the ocean waves crashing along the shore down in Bradley Beach where we find a lonely man and his dog. And that man is Albert Jackson Dukes. What's up, Al? Good morning, Jerry. Uh, you say it was quiet going into New York today. Is it normally uh, uh, crazy these days? I would say... It didn't seem like it. Crazy, no, but you see people, especially homeless people, and you mm-hmm. see cars. Okay. Driving in was one of the quieter rides on the highways, and then even when I was on Christie Street and Broom Street, I was the only car. It was very odd, actually. Did it feel like the apocalypse had uh, happened and uh, you, you were the only human being alive? I felt like there could have been zombies. Yeah, zombies, that sort of thing, roaming around the downs, the downtown of it New York City. It was interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. The only the first person I think I saw was a homeless man and his dog by the uh, that public radio station. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a homeless man sleeping in the bank. Um, where I was going to go in and get cash. No, I wasn't. Yeah. But I walked by and I saw a guy sleeping in there because that seems to be an apartment every night now. I'm amazed at uh, the discipline some of these dogs and cats have with uh, living on the street with a homeless person. I've seen cats that will hang out and you know, no one, nothing, no dog or cat is on a leash and they're very loyal to their person. Which is good. I guess it's all they know. Yeah. But to get a cat to do that is very difficult. Now, you certainly leave your dog on a leash because the moment you do, she's gone. Gone. Couple towns over. Especially if she sees a bunny. Gone. Yep. Bunny, squirrel, small dog. That's right. Or a fox. 
or well, no, we we do not to chase a fox. She wouldn't chase a fox. Uh, no, I think she would look at it because uh, fox is a little bigger than a bunny and a squirrel. Got it. Who knows what these foxes are doing? I, I did. I do can tell you this: the fox tore up a bunny in the neighborhood. That's for damn sure. And then your dog ate the bunny a remains. Piece, a piece of the bunny remains. See, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that was unfortunate. And then, uh, now I don't let her uh, even smell them anymore. There you go, <laughs> Jerry. We got uh, a press conference yesterday from Mr. Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson, New York Mets, and. Very, you know, the Mets fans, when I follow them on Twitter and I see this excitement and everyone is pumped up about Steve Cohen, and I feel like we do this, and I suppose you could say an ownership change is different. But we've been here when Brody was introduced, uh, the uh, various managers over the years. Like every time there's a manager or GM change for the Mets, the Jets the Giants, this is going to be the guy. This is going to change it all. And I'm just so uh, used to it now that it it's meaningless to me. Until it shouldn't I be, though. But until I see the change. You've never seen this before. Because it's ownership. Correct. This is something that, and I'm with you, and I think if you're a Met fan, I think you should be cautiously optimistic because I do yes, think cautiously. I do think some people have gone a little bit overboard thinking, and and he can very well be the savior of this team. And the reason why this is different is because he is the one that. I'll give you two things from yesterday. Number one, he's the guy that writes the checks now, as opposed to the Will Ponds. And for years and years and years after the Madoff situation, you know, if you go back before the Madoff situation, they spent and the Mets would go out and they would fill needs every single year. Now, since the Madoff situation, as much as they wanted to tell us it wasn't about that, clearly it was because they became a much different ball club. Um, That having been said, A, he's a Met fan. I thought it was very cool in his Zoom conference how he talked about you know, being at the polo grounds, being at Shea, and at his wife's his wife's dad goes to every home game. So you've got a guy that legit cares. Number two, I love the line. I'm not here and doing this to make money. Like that's a guy that's about the baseball team and about winning. And it's different because while you can change the manager, you don't know how the players react to the manager. You don't know how things go. This is the guy that's going to be responsible for bringing in the players. And for more than that, all the scouting, the analytics, the minor league system, everything that goes into becoming a good, really a good team. So that's why I think it's different. I totally get it. Cautiously optimistic. But I do think this is different than just a manager or a GM. We're just bringing a player or two. Yeah, so the, he mentioned that, uh, you know, and Sandy Alderson did as well, and then Sandy called into uh, Carton and Roberts, and I heard that interview. He was saying, you know, that they will spend money now on players, but then Cohen also said we're not going to just buy players to buy a championship. It's sort of, you know, that we're going to do this the right way yep. in growing our players. So how is that? I don't know. I'm just here's how it's different. Here's how yeah. it's different. So if you look at the L.A. Dodgers, for instance, and you look at a lot of the players that they have, everybody says, well, they you know they buy a championship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, fair, and I'll get to that in a second. But if you look around and up and down their roster, it's a lot of guys that came through their system. And then what you end up doing is you plug in the holes with the stars. Like Mookie Betts, for instance, do you think prior to Steve Cohen that Fred and Jeff Wilpon would have went out 
and made a deal for Mookie Betts and then signed him to a big contract? No. Steve Cohen will. That's the difference right there. You're not going to go out and you're not going to sign everybody and have this you know, collection of all-stars and hope it works. Because generally, that doesn't work. In a lot of cases, we've seen teams just spend, spend, spend. It doesn't work. But if you do things the right way and you have the right guys coming up through your system that know the quote-unquote franchise way, which is, a, I do think, the right way to do it, and now all of a sudden, you've got this giant gaping hole in left field or at shortstop, say, he's not going to be concerned about spending the big money to fill that big spot or two. That's the difference. Uh, Steve Cohen said, if I don't win a World Series in the next three to five years, I would like to make it sooner, then obviously I would consider that slightly disappointing. Yeah, I didn't like to do slightly. Slightly disappointing? You'd and be disappointed. Here's the other funny thing. When people say five years, the, the, the Mets fans are expecting a World Series this year, unrealistically. That's the that's the vibe I'm getting from the reaction on social media. Well, I think, but part of that is they're not far away. Like to me, there's no reason why if they go out and made a couple of signings, why couldn't they? But the minute in this off season, when the Mets and let's say another team or two is chasing somebody like Trevor Bauer, yeah. and and Bauer signs with a different team, they'll be pissed. They might I be. Thought we were getting everybody. They might be. Well, th- listen, you're gonna have to temper your enthusiasm. Here's what I curb know. your enthusiasm, this as guy, Larry David would say. Yeah, this guy is gonna make moves. I don't think there's any question about it. But he is not gonna sign everybody on the free agent market. Right. That is not going to be the case. I don't believe that. Now there, there is a, this feeling that Trevor Bauer is coming here for show based on Sandy Alderson's projective love of him. Uh, saying that uh, he's a great personality for New York, the kind of guy that fans would endorse, and we're in the entertainment business. He said yeah. that on Carton and Roberts. It's great. So that's like a does it mean he's going to end Bauer. up here though? But if but now if he doesn't strike one against yeah, no, the Cubs, but here's what you know what the Mets you know what Mets fans want to see. Go after Trevor Bauer. Winners. If you don't get him because he ultimately decides he wants to go play in San Diego, let's say he wants to pitch in San Diego because they were a damn good team this year, and maybe he believes he could be the final piece, and it's San Diego. Who doesn't want to go live out there? I would love that. But let's say, for instance, he goes there, but the Mets offered him you know, five years and $200 million. Just, I'm just throwing a number out there. My point is, I think Mets fans want to see the attempt, like a genuine attempt, not some cursory, well, maybe if he would take this and he would, you know, we would, uh, we'd leave this money on the table so we can do that. No, no. Go make an offer. You can't force him to say yes, but you can make a genuine offer. I think that's what Mets fans want to see. I think they've had enough of this, you know, well, per- perhaps we could do this if he would accept that and blah, 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 blah. There's nothing you can do if a guy says no, but you can make a legit offer, and I think this guy will do that. You need to see legit offers. Yeah, don't you? Yes. It just has a feeling of like we all had a friend growing up who always had a different girlfriend, and this girlfriend was always the. He's like, no, this girl's great. And then you just know, like, I've heard this a thousand times before. I heard this when Mickey Calloway showed up. I heard this when Brody. Except Van this Wagen isn't the same up. thing. I hope not. It's not. It's it can't be. Mickey it, Calloway wasn't spending the money. Yeah, I guess it just felt like this is great and all, but let's see this in action. Well, for sure. I mean, that's you know what it feels like to me. It feels like Steve Ballmer with the Clippers, 
And I'm not saying the Mets are the Clippers. The Mets have been a more successful franchise than the Clippers. The Mets have won the World Series a couple of times. Clippers have never won the NBA championship. But you've got the Lakers out there. We've got the Yankees here. You've got the Clippers. Steve Ballmer comes in like he's the now this Cohen's not rah rah like Ballmer. Ballmer looks like he's on cocaine, and I mean that in a good way. Like he's got so much energy. I mean he's nuts. We've played clips of him just you know screaming from the heavens at volume ten. You know, uh, that's what this feels like to me. He's going to come in and do what he can to make this team a winner. And that's all you can ask for. I don't know that Met fans believe that from the previous regime. Okay. No, the Mets fans seem very enthusiastic. Yes. And I hope that their enthusiasm is met with their expectations. Right. Like, I'm a Mets fan, but I'm not over the moon. Like, oh, my gosh. And then everyone calling him Uncle Stevie. Uncle Stevie. Oh, (laughs) Uncle Steve. (laughs) I haven't seen that. That's on Twitter, I guess. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. Everybody on Twitter. Uncle Steve's going to pay money. Uncle Steve's going to do this for us. Uncle Steve, Uncle Steve, Uncle Steve. The minute uh, uh, Trevor Bauer signs with another team, or the, uh, they'll be like, I thought we were going to be spending money. But what if you get George Springer? That'd be good. How about DJ LeMayhew? I'll take that. You're going to forget about uh, Trevor Bauer? Yes. Okay. I mean, that's what, you know, there's, there's guys out there. It's not like it's Trevor Bauer or Bust this year. That's simply not the case. Fair. And then you have a team like the Tampa Rays, Jerry. They don't spend money, right? No, they don't. And Kevin Cash, manager of the year. Let's get him. But that's where you look at a team that does it from the bottom up. And that's, Through the organization. And think, yeah, and I think that's why when you look at the Dodgers, they've done it bottom up and then they've tacked on, you know, in every which way. They need a guy, they're going to go get a guy. And I think that is the hope. He even, as a matter of fact... I could be wrong about this because I saw this. I saw the first 15 minutes of his press conference, and I had to run outside for something. I had a delivery. I missed like four or five minutes, and then I saw the rest of it. But if I'm not mistaken, he was asked the question about what type of organization would you like to pattern yourself after. And I'm pretty sure he said the Dodgers, given the fact that they develop players, but they have the resources to go out and add to what they need to add to. Now, the Rays develop players, but have no reason. No one cares about them in Tampa. They make no money, and what money they do make, they basically put in their pocket from all the revenue sharing. They don't go get free agents. They do it what they have. So I think they, well, they went out and got Charlie Morton. That's fair, but I don't think they paid him a fortune. Um, but they do it the right way because their system is tremendous, and they just keep bringing players in, bringing players in, and then when they get too good, they get rid of them, and they bring the next guy up. It's really amazing how successful they've been. So the meat of your organization should come from within your organization, and then you sprinkle in, Jerry, pieces that are missing with big-name players. I've always thought that. Absolutely. Why no doubt. You, why aren't you the general manager then? That would be awesome. My phone hasn't rung. Or owner. Sandy, I'm available. Jerry is available. <laughs> so I mentioned Kevin Cash gets AL Manager of the Year. How about Don Mattingly, National League Manager of the Year? Is Are you impressed by that, or because of the coronavirus weird season, not impressed? I'll tell you why I'm impressed. I'm impressed because impressed. at the beginning of the year, people expected absolutely zero from the Marlins. Right. And on top of it, even though they got out to a good start, then they got hit with the coronavirus, and you figured, that's it. Oh, right. They, got, they really got whacked with the coronavirus. They did. They got hit hard early on. After Remember they started... What'd they start? Eight and one or something or eight and two? Like they got out to this great start, got hit with coronavirus, came back, played a little lackadaisical. They weren't quite as good as the beginning. And then they steadily got better and they made it into the playoffs. 
Yeah, I would say based on what the expectations were from the Marlins, impressive and good, as you would say, Al. Hey, good for you. Good for you. Good for Don Mattingly. A fellow on Twitter says, hey, Al, tell Jerry it's Veterans Day. That's why traffic is light. At 3.30 in the morning? Veterans Day on a, uh, on a what is this, a Tuesday? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, I know it's Veterans Day. I but thought Veterans Day was always like a Monday. I did too. I was actually surprised that it was today. Veterans Day 2020. And he's got his headsets on. No, they changed it back in 1963 (laughs) in December to make it whenever the day falls. Right. It's always the 11th. There you go. But the Holland Tunnel, and I didn't hear this until I was already on the Outer Bridge, Holland Tunnel was open today. It means nothing to me. Oh. I don't know why you would go that way. I really don't. It's more convenient. It's also a lot more expensive. Well, I go up 1-9. That's not more convenient, Al. So hmm. sorry, you want to take the turnpike <laughs> to the tunnel? I'll take your That's convenience. That's I mean. Turnpike, but it's also turnpike to the lot. tunnel. It's also double the money. It is. Yes, yeah. the Holland is more expensive than the outer. Yeah, the outer bridge crossing on the Staten Island plan is six dollars. The and outer bridge the- crossing overnight is thirteen instead of seventeen. And Al takes the turnpike, which is another six. So Jerry, the way you're going in right now costs six dollars. Really? Again, you don't listen to me. I oh, listen, you, kind of, until it's until there's way too many roads that were going on. Then I'm like, I don't know what road this it's is. It's $6.80 on the Staten Island plan to take the Outer Bridge Crossing. And that's the only toll you pay. That is it. And, and then going home, no tolls. Right, wow. until the VZ goes in. Well, that's yep. going to happen, and that's going to be about $6.50, I believe. And it's so still cheaper. Off-peak Staten Island plan. Yes, Correct. And it'll still but be cheaper we, than going the Holland Tunnel. But no. you, Al, you're now coming from Bradley Beach. Yeah. You're going to have a toll at some point. You're going to have that toll right after exit 98, number one. On the parkway. So that's going to be $1.90. Toll. Right. You're going to have, if, I'm just assuming you take the turnpike. You're yes. going to spend five eighty five for the turnpike. Okay. If you took the Holland Tunnel. Well, you really broke this down. I, I like have. it. Yes, okay, I have. Okay, five eighty five. And then the overnight off-peak Holland Tunnel is, I think it's twelve eighty or something. Yeah. So you do the math. I'll take my $6.80. Yeah. And still cheaper. It will still be cheaper once the VZ goes yeah, in. It still if, is cheaper. If I don't do the, if I just go up 1.9. It's still cheaper. Correct. Not so there, w- what they want to do with the Varazano Bridge and these other bridges is, is you pay both ways instead of paying just it's one It's up already. Way. Yes. They're not, they're not recording it, but the light's flashing and they're tracking everything already. It is done. That construction is done. It's just a mm-hmm. matter when it goes into effect. I think January 2nd. I read two things. I saw December 12th and January 2nd. I'm not sure which tolls. one it's going to start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they really get us with the tolls, Jerry. These you tolls think? were put in to fix the road initially, and then we were supposed to pay no tolls. And I think Staten Island residents were never supposed to pay. If I, I was a mayor or something, I'd be like, I'm running on no tolls. And then I, after I got elected, I'd be like, I don't know how to figure this out where people don't pay tolls, but this is what I ran on. <laughs> Wait till they add a toll at the 59th Street Bridge. People are really going to go nuts on the Manhattan Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge because that's yeah. probably coming soon too. All right, right. going to take our first toll break. 20 after 5. We are just getting started. The warm-up show until Boomer and Geo at 6. This portion of the warm-up show sponsored by Ray Katina, Mercedes-Benz of Edison. For your next vehicle, visit Doug Wells, General Manager, Mercedes-Benz of Edison. What separates their dealership from every Everybody else is the experience they offer. It's called the Ray Katina Way. See for yourself during the Mercedes-Benz Winter Event. You'll find Mercedes-Benz of Edison is more than a dealership. It is a destination. Coming right back. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Al and Jerry, now offering curbside delivery. That's still a thing? I guess it is. 526. Oh, yeah. Contact free as well. Yeah, I haven't had that happen in it. You know, all these places you do delivery and you can check off on the uh, when you order on, because I do everything online now. I don't even call anymore for delivery for food. It's like, you know, check off if you want. You know, to be dropped off on your stoop, I drop, I put it, and they still ring the bell. I'm like, okay, right, fine by me. I mean, they have the masks on; it's fine. But so, curbside delivery is still a thing. It's five twenty-seven. What else you got, Al? Well, just I found out, Jerry. I'm not the only famous person living in Bradley Beach. There's a uh, fella in the band Bouncing Souls. Oh yeah, I mean that's huge. Well, actually, what is they a bouncing have a, soul. That's a, a band, and it's funny. They uh, they're they're a popular New Jersey uh, punk band in the '90s through the through today. They actually just released an album. But I saw this uh, fella. He looked like a rock and roller, and then I happened to see on Instagram uh, that he uh, lives in town and uh, he's in the Bouncing Souls. All right, so I'm going to do something real quick. I'm yep. going to do something real quick here. Let's see. And here. the Bouncing Souls have a very other strange connection to me. They grew up in Basking Ridge, where I lived for many years. That's weird. They play the uh, Stone Pony uh, quite often. That is very strange. And there's a guy in town. He also owns the tattoo shop in town. I oh, did yeah. some research. Yep. So you're going to get tatted up? I will not be getting tatted up, but it's uh, good to have another celebrity in town, Jerry. It was it was getting to be too much for me to put on my shoulders, being the only celebrity in Bradley Beach. We now have a member of the Bouncing Souls. Well, I, I am checking right probably now. Probably collaborate with him on some songs now that I play the piano. I mean, I've never heard of them, but okay, that's fine. You never heard of them, but... You're not a punk rocker, Eddie. Like are, I you am. A, are you a bouncing ball uh, fan? Bouncing souls. I'm sorry, bouncing souls fan. Yep. I have uh, never heard of them prior to this moment. I would like to just real quick, if yeah. you'll indulge me for a moment. They got a couple songs on this uh, on uh, Spotify with 12 million listens, 11 million listens, 10 million listens, seven million. They're they're popular. Notable people mm-hmm. who were either born in Bradley Beach. Okay. Or are currently residents Ooh. of Bradley Beach. Okay, let's Beach. go, Jerry. I better be on this list. James Bradley. Never heard of you. He died in 1921. I exactly. imagine that's why Bradley Beach is named after. Okay. Uh, radio host. Mm. TJ Lubinsky. Never heard of him. Hmm. James Melville. I heard of him. Jeanette Mursky. She was nope. a she was an author. She passed Authors. away about thirty years ago. Ah, uh, former Major League Baseball player Pat Pasio. Never heard of is. him. Come on, I'm Christine not on this Quinn, list. Speaker of the New York City Council. We've heard mm, of her. Yeah, barely. Actor Cesar Romero. Yeah, he's a very famous. It was many years ago. Yes, many years here. ago. Philip Roth. Who's this? I don't know. Who this? He was an author. Okay, I have heard of him. Actually, I have heard of Philip Roth. Me and the Bouncing Soul dude isn't on this Isaac list. Isaac Sloschenbach. Nope. A polar explorer. <laughs> Thomas Vizetti. Nope. A mayor of Hoboken. I mean, this stinks, this Singer, list. Singer, maybe this is him. Singer, songwriter, mm-hmm. Tommy West. Is he nope. from the Bouncing Souls? Not Tommy oh. West. Uh, Murray Wiener. No, come on. Me, you know what it should just say? And Bruce Springsteen was born in Bradley Beach. This is what it should say. Not listed. 
Al du- so Al Dukes is not listed, but a wiener is. Right. So you're saying I'm not on that list and Brian from Bouncing Souls. We should be the only ones on this list. Let's reset the list. So the notable people part of Bradley yeah, Beach on. does not include you, but it does include Schlossenbach and Wiener. Yeah. And my dog is very fond. <laughs> That's funny. My, well, maybe my dog, he is on that list. There's that small wiener you said. <laughs> what? How dare you? How dare you? Well, admittedly, you say that, so. Yeah. I mean, you've got to set yourself up for that for yep. years and years. <laughs> years and years and years, Jerry. <laughs> Hmm. Now, this is going to be terrible because okay. if I put in Edison, New Jersey, and Eddie Scazzeri comes up, he's you're not going to be out there. Too many people. Uh, no, Edison too... actually has a lot. A lot and, of famous uh, people. I think the most famous was Susan Sarandon. I'll give you another one, though, who's very famous now. Halsey is a, a pop singer, very from, popular. From Edison? She's from Edison, New Jersey. Yep. No kidding. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Halsey, yeah. All right, that's oh, a, oh, yeah. this is a huge is, is list. Is Sarandon wow. still top, topping her? Well, it's, it's alphabetical order. No, so, Susan Sarandon is not more popular than Halsey. Not now. But a oh, career. I guess we'll give For Halsey old people, a, yes. I'll give uh, Halsey a few more years, see if she sticks around. Make but I'm back. young. I know Halsey. But this is really something. Carl Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves is from Edison, or at least born there. Jeremy Zuta, a lineman for the Buccaneers. I don't see Eddie Scazzeri. No, this, this list. This is a big list, though. You're list. right. Yeah, and but Edison's current population is about 100,000. So you've got big. lots of people. A lot wow. of so people. you're saying in a population of only 4,000 that Al still doesn't show up, but the wiener does. <laughs> they probably don't know him there yet. I'm going to get together with the Brian from Bouncing Souls and go something. down to... With as active as you have been on that stupid Facebook page, yep. they know you're there. I yep. guess. Within a year, when you go to like the Google Earth and you zoom in, it'll, it'll be a little icon, Al Duke's house. <laughs> yes, that would be awesome. Jerry, some people That's are funny. very upset with... Uh, with the White Sox about hiring Tony Larusa, yeah, knowing that the day before he got the DUI, which we've now seen video and audio from, that it happened the day before his hiring, and that they hired him anyway. Some people well, are angry. Well, no, I, hmm. I thought no. he was arrested in February, and the court documents were just revealed. Oh, well, but it said that they knew about well, it. Well, that's that very well may be you the case. Knew. That very well could be the case. And I, I'm with them. I kind of understand it was his second known deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good look. It's it's just not. And, you know, it doesn't mean you don't get a second chance. This, I guess, would be a third chance. No. And uh, some people were saying, I can't believe he tried to get out of the DUI by referencing his Hall of Fame credentials, which he did. He said, listen, I'm a Hall of Famer. I saw that. I've won World Series. Listen, we all, when we get pulled over for speeding, this is much worse, of course. But you will pull out anything to get out of a ticket at that point when you're desperate. I'm Al Dukes. You may have heard of me. Oh, you guys listen to WFAN? You know, I never have. You've never? I'll do this, though. You've been with me when we got pulled over. Yeah. I don't pull that card. Well, it's helpful when the officer says, where are you headed? And you go, to work, and then they'll say, where Where do you work? Yeah, I've but, had that happen when I've been pulled over I, on the I, way in. And in that case, it's totally right to do that. Correct. That's but what I That's when I pull it out. When we got pulled over that one morning because my headlight was out, he did ask where we were going. We said work. He did not further the conversation, and I didn't say, you know, with Boomer Esiason. Oh, I do. But I didn't. You were with me. I just handed over my stuff. I didn't say anything. Just whatever. Give me a ticket. I'm good. You told the officer the reason you had one headlight was you love wallflowers in that one song, One Headlight. 
And he let you go. <laughs> I love it too, sir. <laughs> such an idiot. I love the song too. One headlight. <laughs> I like three Marlenas. You really should not get me too. Three Marlenas is their best song. That's oh, funny. One, two, three Marlenas. There I don't know what go. it means. Three Marlenas. Have but we it's ever good. Googled a Marlena? A Marlena. I feel like a, a Marlena is a Spanish dancer, but I could be wrong. And you got three of them? One, two, three Marlenas. Yeah. What oh, yeah. Is a Marlena. Marlena. Uh, oh, it comes Tony, right up. Tony LaRusso also said he did not trust blood alcohol levels. He's a scientist now. So, what does this mean? Marlena is a variant <laughs> form of Madeline. It's just a name? Three Madelines. Because right. that, that wouldn't work. One, two, three Madelines. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. <laughs> when Marlena, I saw... All right, here we go. Marlena has a name for girls. The, the, the meaning is, yeah, no, it's just a name. Mm. Marla, one, two, three Marlenas. I, I've looked at the lyrics to that song. I have no idea what he's talking about. Right, which is why when Craig said years and years and years ago... Just write a song as long as it flows and the music sounds good. It can yes. be a hit. Doesn't matter what the what the lyrics are in a lot of cases. I'm no, with it them does on not. that. One. I totally agree. I'm sorry. We got to take a break. Maybe this is like, what? I know this is going too quick. But busy with Marlenas. I know. Come, I'm going to come back with three give me Marlenas. a tease. I'll give you a tease, Jerry. All right, I've got a fun Mike Tyson story and a Tiger Woods uh, food story. Oh, so that's the that's the champions dinner, I imagine? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. 25 in front of six. Mm-hmm. We'll get you that stuff next, and then Boomerang Geo top of the hour. This portion of the warm-up show, sponsored by Mercedes-Benz of Morristown. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Alan Jerry, this is the new normal. I would love I thought, to learn this on guitar. I thought you were going to come back with Bouncing Souls, i got to be honest. Like I did uh, the previous break leading into it. Oh, I didn't even notice. Because we well, you about, don't know who they are. No, because you know why we were talking about hands-free delivery or such. Mm-hmm. Or I thought you were going right. to come back with one headline. <laughs> no, this is the real song. This is Three Marlenas. Three Marlenas. Oh. Not one, not two. Three Marlenas. You don't know this one. No. You're right. I pulled up the lyrics for three Marlenas. The best line is this one, Jerry. He goes, man, I think I'm going to buy myself a Rolls, maybe a Chevrolet. One where I could pull that top down and let the radio play with the warm-up show. Come on. One, three <laughs> So is this about Marlenas. him taking out his convertible Chevy down the Jersey so. Shore with three Madelines in the car? It must be. Not bad. I think that's what it's about. I feel like we just educated everybody. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Of course, it also might be a false narrative, but who's counting? Could be. Who's counting? Right. All right. Give me some good news. Give me some Tiger Woods food. And I saw this, so this is kind of neat. So Tiger Woods, I guess, you know, the Masters champion uh, gets to come back. Did he just win the Masters last year? <laughs> Honestly, that feels like three years ago. Well, it was a year and a half because it was last April. Right, and because of the coronavirus, it ruined everything. Yes. I really feel like that feels like it was three years ago, because I remember running home. I was out walking, Jerry, and I realized what was going on, and I was like, let me run home for these last couple of holes. It was exciting. It was the only time I really was excited by golf. Right. Well, you don't watch it often, so I can yeah. see that. 
But he gets to then pick the meal for this year's winner. Yes, that's how it works there at Augusta National. And he's picking uh, chicken and uh, steak fajitas. And sushi. Sushi and three desserts. What are they? I didn't see the desserts. Just there's three of them. That's all you need to do. Right, which ones are they? I can't give out all the information. Tiger Woods doesn't want that. But what they didn't say. Or I didn't read fully. Let me see. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on, Jerry. Tiger I'm going to say chocolate mousse. Mousse. I'm going to say, because I love that. I'm going to say some sort of an ice cream dish. And I'm going to say... Mm, what else would be a good so what's the thing what's the thing with the fire uh banana souffle (laughs) (laughs) banana souffle no no no. bananas foster jerry what is no that's not what it's called what is it eddie what's it called when they do the fire in the restaurant (laughs) on bananas is it bananas (laughs) i have no idea no i know what you mean what is it called you mean that dish where it's in a very thin it's in like a very thin thin bowl and it's fried on top they use the creme brulee creme brulee that's it not banana souffle you dope (laughs) creme brulee i was desperate creme brulee chocolate mousse and some sort of an ice cream dish what are let's they? Let's see. If I have any of them correct. Let's see. He's going to have uh, fajita, sushi, uh, and sashimi. Of course, there's no man. I just had it. Live I prep. just had it. No, no. He's going to also do apple pie and ice cream. All right. So I got that part, mm. the ice cream. What are the other two? Um, actually, it's the same meal he used in 2006. How about that? Good. What are the other two? The other two things? Yeah, well, ice cream desserts. is probably one. I mean, but I would think the ice cream goes with the hot apple pie. Three different desserts. All right, hold on, Jerry. I mean, you brought it up, not me. I did bring it up with no one, no one, no one these articles. They have it in there. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I see it, Jerry. I actually have the menu. <laughs> uh, classic flan. Classic flan? <laughs> That's creme brulee, kind of. It creme is. Brulee, except I never... you, you don't burn it. If creme brulee is kind of like, you know, with the... Okay. Lit Classic flan. flan. So flan. Churros with chocolate sauce. That, that sounds, sounds fun. Oh, sounds that sounds goodness. fun. And something called sopa pias. I thought it was uh, apple pie and ice cream. You said three desserts. The, you just gave me four. Yeah. Well, the apple pie and ice cream was the old, the old one. I was. Oh, the, I see. Okay. So no ice cream. No ice cream. So I got all Classic three wrong. Classic flan. Churros with chocolate sauce. Sopa pias. And you want to know what type of... Uh, Sushi he's serving, Jerry, at the Augusta Roll, which is tempura shrimp, spicy tuna, avocado, eel sauce, tempura flakes, pickled ginger, wasabi, and soy sauce. If you got rid of the that eel sauce, delicious. that sounds awesome. No, eel sauce is delicious. You'll love it, Jerry. No, I'd be out on that. Sorry. You say, what if, you know, there are a lot of picky eaters in the world. What if you go to this master's dinner and you're like, I don't need sushi. That's why there's chicken fajitas. Oh, good point. <laughs> With pico de gallo, <laughs> right? That sounds lovely. I'd love to be invited. You think? Do you, do you think Nance gets invited to this, even though oh, he's definitely. not a champion? Yeah, but it's a champion yeah. dinner. It's. The, I don't know. Do, uh, do the members go to this? I should know this answer. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I hope Joe Beningo gets to go to this as part of his retirement. He loves golf. Joe will not get to the Masters. The Masters is the absolute one hundred percent hardest ticket in all of sports to get. And you can uh, either choose a Chardonnay or or a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes. I saw something. Eddie, did you do your wine tour this year or no because of COVID? My tour? Well, you go make the wine. You step on the grapes. Yes, Yes, we did. You still were able to do it. That's where I had my little uh, COVID scare when we did the bottling. 
got home that day and said, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling well. Oh, okay. But it was the week that I had off, But I, and I saw as of that, like, day before I came back, I still didn't know, and then he said, I'm clear. So. I was not aware of a COVID scare. Good to yep. know. So when you bottle this wine, is are you going to name it something to do with coronavirus or 2020 or something like that, or is it will still be named after the dogs? I know it's always named after the dogs. Well, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I'll, I'll, you know, go that way. You don't want to scare people by naming it something with coronavirus. No. So this okay. banana flambe is actually a thing, huh? Yeah. When no banana fosters. No banana flambe. I'm looking at it. Oh. <laughs> I know one of them, like, you have to, if you want it for dessert, you have to tell them, like, when you first get to the restaurant, because it takes a long time to make it. So, so they make it while your meal's cooking, all this stuff. It looks like it's the same thing. So you can call it banana foster or banana flambe. It's the huge same thing. Huge banana. Huge. I'd like a huge banana, please. This looks pretty good. <laughs> oh, it's delicious, but you got to order it when you first walk into the yeah, place. Why? It says it takes 17 minutes to make. Oh, I don't know. I'm on Food Network. 17 oh. minutes. I think these restaurants, they're yeah. selling you a bill of goods. They probably charge you more. They go, listen, this takes a long time. It's very detailed. For Except that it doesn't. Hmm. Oh, I should put a banana in my tight jeans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Jerry, did you see the story about Mike Tyson and passing a drug test using his own baby's urine? I, I didn't. Oh, yeah. So this was revealed <laughs> on a podcast Mike Tyson when was, was on. When was this? He says when he was fighting that he would... He had one of those fake wieners that he would put his baby's urine in. Whoa, 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 whoa. Re- rewind. Rewind. He had Flip it what? down, switch it in, reverse it. He had uh, a the, fake one? Yeah. What does that a, mean? Like the, it, Al, was it the Wizenator? Yeah, the Wizenator. It is a fake looking wiener that you, sh- <laughs> that you fill with say it. baby urine. Just do me a favor. Count to five real quick. Yeah. No, I got to hear you. Oh, one. Is it a strap-on? Three, four, five. I don't want to make that clean. Is that what it is? No, it's some sort of device where supposedly if, because some of these drug tests, they make somebody watch you take the drug test. Right, so do you? (laughs) But I guess it looks real enough that you could, because no one's staring at you. But you're not holding it in your pocket. Do you strap it on? No, you keep it in your pants somewhere. How and then it, there's a bag attached to it where you would put the urine. Okay. So he said he used his own baby's urine. So does First that all, mean he was fighting on drugs? Yeah, he said cocaine and weed. Not performance-enhancing drugs, but he said he used to he used to love cocaine and weed. So at one point he was going to use a woman, his wife or girlfriend at the time, uh, her urine, but she said, what if it shows up pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> that would be unfortunate. <laughs> Mike Tyson, you can't fight. Why am I on drugs? No, you're pregnant. <laughs> that would actually be very funny. <laughs> Mike Tyson's been... uh, fight was scandalous. He's pregnant. Now, didn't Lawrence Taylor do these things too? I think so. I think a lot of guys did this. I'm sure they did. Do you imagine come up with a product so that you could fake that? Sharks. Oh, my God. How and many sure times... They... Have you been on cocaine and weed but wanted to pass a drug test? And they probably sold thousands of them. I'm looking for 10%. I'm looking for a 10% investor for the Wizenator. You know what I don't get about that show real quick? Because I saw one the other day that made me scratch my head. Yeah. So there was a guy. I forget what the product was, but he had this product. and he Strap on. You still got it. Um, He had a product that 
he sold thousands of already, and he okay. was looking for investor money because he wanted to make it. He wanted to make it a bigger product and more of a product line. Okay. And they tell him, "You don't have a company; you just have a product." Yeah. What the hell does that mean? I know they say that a lot, and other times they'll take just one product and act like it's a company. I yes. Don't, that one, that part, I don't understand either. It makes no sense to me, and I also don't understand the way people come in and value their product. We need four hundred thousand dollars. We'll give you five percent of the company. Right. Meantime. What have you done with this yet? Well, we're just starting. Right. We sold six of them online. Right. So what is the money for and why are you valuing it where you're valuing it? I don't get it. I really don't. Watching it, it seems like it's very inconsistent. Yeah, it is very inconsistent. I like when they go, you have nothing proprietary here. I could start my own company and do this. Pretty much. In a lot of cases, you could actually. Yeah. And then, then and then you come in, they, they'll come in with the greatest idea and you're like, oh, they're gonna. there's going to be a bidding war for this. And they're all like, no, nah, I'm out. Eh. We're out. Out, and then other out. things you think, this is the dumbest thing ever. They're like, we need to be a part of this. We're right. all in. You got three sharks. That sounds about right. And then they're basically bidding against each other. Right. Uh, quick break. Right. Al's got one more story on the other side of this break. And then uh, Geo joins us at the top of the hour. This portion of the warm-up show is sponsored by Burlington Stores. Burlington deals are here to help make it the most comfortable time of the year. Shop amazing prices on blankets, sweaters, hats, gloves, and more. Save up to 60% off other retailers' prices every day. Burlington, love the deals. Time now for our Radio.com Sports Minute. The great Amy Lawrence talking about Steve Cohen and baseball and the Mets and all the good stuff. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, welcome back. A couple of minutes, G will join us. Real quick, I'm to read this to you, Al, because I find this really funny. I saw Pro Football Talk put this up from his interview yesterday on WEEI. Yes. The, did you see this Bill Belichick quote? I did. I I don't know where how they got to it. Well, I, I don't either, but I do like they were talking about, you know, just him and his career. And he said, in terms of resigning from the Jets... That was the uh, that was not. Well, I'm not reading well here. It was one of the great moments of my career. <laughs> now he went on to say that coupled with the opportunity Robert Kraft gave him made a good. But to see that that was one of the not only most defining but one of the great moments of my career. Yes, it was the one. I know we've won a bunch of Super Bowls, but leaving the Jets immediately upon getting there was one of the greatest things ever. Oh my God, that's pretty funny. Like on on paper, that's funny. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. When that quote looks in print, it may have sounded differently in the yes. real live interview. And I would almost guarantee it was, especially <laughs> if you hear the question and the conversation. <laughs> but boy, that one line is really something. Yeah, I love that. Also, I see Ben Roethlisberger is on the COVID list. I know yes. this came up but yesterday. Because so the tight end has it. The tight end has corona. So there's uh, likely that he does play, but there's a chance. What if? It, so if it comes back and he has coronavirus, he definitely can't play, right? Correct. But he doesn't have it right now. He's testing negative, and he's in oh, isolation. He is. And I guess he's got five days to be clear. And if he is, he's good. Otherwise, we'll get Mason Rudolph. Yes. And it's a big uh, AFC battle, the Bengals. Bengals getting a lot of points, seven and a half, I think. Where's that game? Cincinnati? Um, yes. I would take the Bengals. Yeah, me too. I, t- I took them in my uh, – I shot my parlay video yesterday. Wake up and listen That's to right. the warm-up show at 5 a.m. with Alan Jerry.